0: Please listen carefully.
1: And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the
0: Assuming Positions podcast, featuring four left feet performing a tango of trivia, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast we are introducing a new segment. Dun dun dun. We are calling it Mount Nerdmore. Mount Nerdmore. Wait, is this based on Mount Rushmore? It is based on, yeah, it's based on Mount Rushmore. It's not a mountain we need to take a ring to, to cast <laughs> into the. <laughs>
1: Wait, that's Mount Doom, but that's yes. Mordor. So it's almost Nerdmore. See?
0: Yeah, almost. But well, this is kind of a funny idea that we came up with because we would mention it through all these podcasts we've done. We'd say, "Oh, does this need? Does this person need to go on the Mount Rushmore of nerds?" For sure. So we decided let's go ahead and make that mountain. But we didn't want to just make one mountain. We <laughs> want to make lots of mountains. Uh, any mountain we can get a hold of, we'll, we're going to transform it. <laughs> so what Mount Rushmore is going to be is it's going to be a continuing series we do uh, throughout the pod where we'll we'll pick four. Great nerd icons in a specific category. Yes. And by nerd icons, I mean someone who's formed the nerddom, fandom, our world of nerdiness more than other people in their particular field. Yeah. So it's very targeted and very specific. So some people might show up on Mount Nerdmore in their category. You wouldn't think they would. (laughs) But they could have a huge impact on nerddom. So that's why it's called Mount Nerdmore, I love it. Great name already. So the first four icons we we're going to pick for the mountain. we're actually going to pick four, and then we're going to have one honorable mention, basically. Okay, should have got on there, or could be on there. An alternate, <laughs> a fifth, a fifth head. I like it. Um, as it were. just because, which I think they do for like.
1: Mount Rushmore, but yes, continue. Yeah, well,
0: just because we can, right? Yes, uh, <laughs> it's our podcast. It's our rules. So the first, uh, the first Mount Nerdmore we're going to carve is the live-action... Live-action. Live-action. Filmmaker Mount Nerdmore. There you go. Now, first, we get to figure what we consider a filmmaker. So, to me, a filmmaker is... It's kind of a broad term, and it's used for lots of people, but there is kind of a thread that seems to go through what people call a filmmaker. So, I think we're in agreement. We've codified a filmmaker as someone... Who not only directs films or produces film, but someone who writes, like yes. a creator. It's a creator thing. Very much so. It's someone who writes, directs, sometimes produces, sometimes even stars in their own films. They wear multiple hats. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's the, uh, to us, a filmmaker is someone who does all those things. They create things from whole cloth.
1: But we're looking at people that have do that in for the sake of nerddom, like for us, the nerdy fans.
0: Yeah, that has affected nerddom, has created nerddom in a lot of cases. Yeah. So we posited this idea to our producer, not Scott, and our announcer, that guy Brad, and they came up with a top ten list of their filmmakers. They <laughs> argued over this and wrestled and. Um, our group chat was blowing up. Yeah, and I think they went have made like a big thing a pudding or (laughs) jello or something and uh, and wrestle it out so here are the 10 i'm gonna just list off the 10 that are on this list and if you guys are angry at this point send all your letters to knots cotton that guy brad
1: i'm gonna interject (laughs) real quick just once just because this is hilarious can you name the four faces on mount rushmore officially okay putting um, you on the spot yeah
0: um because i could only pull three it's uh george washington abraham lincoln Teddy Roosevelt and um, Thomas Jefferson. Oh, got it
1: in one. Good job. Yeah. High five.
0: I was <laughs> going to say listeners, get your answers in, but Kevin crushed it. Um, I couldn't pull Jefferson. That was the one I was blanking on. Oh, yeah. It is a kind of random mix of eras. But we're doing the nerdy version and we have, what, 10 candidates? That's yeah, what we're looking they, at. They picked the top 10 of of filmmakers who've created things that have affected the nerd world. There you go. So here is their list in no particular order.
1: <laughs> We're going to talk about it.
0: So we have Robert Zemeckis, James Cameron, Guillermo del Toro, Tim Burton, Sam Raimi, Chris Nolan or Christopher Nolan. I don't know if which way prefers. Uh, Peter Jackson, John Favreau, Steven Spielberg, and George Lucas. That's a pretty solid top ten. Those are their ten filmmakers, creators, there might be people missing already that you don't like. And again, like I said, direct all emails to <laughs> Not Scott and that guy Brad.
1: Assumingpositions at gmail.com <laughs> and AssumingPod on Twitter and Instagram.
0: <laughs> but now we have the horrible task of pairing these great creators down to... The four faces on the mount. Plus one honorable mention. There you go. So first of all, I want to address... there. Are, are to me some glaring omissions from this list <laughs> uh, that, for various reasons, they were knocked off the list by our producers. Like, I would like to see a Taika Waititi on here. There you go. Seems like J.J. Abrams is not on here. It's not, <laughs> and uh, for various reasons, I guess. I uh, was pulling for. I was pulling for a Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah, and so hey, you know, we got what we got. Uh, so. Here we go. We got to figure out out of these. So Mikey and I are going to actually assume positions here. There you go. And debate and hopefully come to an accord. And hopefully we won't have to put in wrestle to uh, <laughs> figure this out. We can though.
1: I, I, I got a full. Yeah. I got a full evening a <laughs> open schedule. Uh, do you want to start bottom up? Do you, how do you want to do it?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, let's start. Let's just start with the top. Okay. And the top is George Lucas. There you go. Now, of course, George Lucas... I mean, do do we even have to tell you who George Lucas is? Yes, we do, (laughs) because uh, otherwise we don't have anything to talk about. There you go. Um, But George Lucas is, of course, best known for creating Star Wars. He also created Indiana Jones. Yep. Willow. His early stuff, American Graffiti, isn't terribly nerdy, but um, you got that cult, THX1138. He made that in school, I think. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Not only that, but he founded... Lucasfilm as a whole and all the things that they did uh, created Lucas Games, Lucas Arts and Industrial Light and Magic, Skywalker (laughs) Sound, THX, the sound thing you hear in the theaters, all because George Lucas exists.
1: And all because like for his ILM and all that stuff goes because he was doing new things when he was making his movies that like. The The tools available to me don't cut it. So I have to make my own way of doing things and I'm going to create a company that does just that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a huge thumbs up right there.
0: Right. So part of what I think about who belongs in Mount Nerd, more nerd icons, like what have they created? Is it cosplayed a lot? Do you when you go like it, to me, it's like convention based because that's where fandom exists, a the conventions. There you go. What do you see in the on the vendor's booth? What kind of stuff are they selling? And if you're going to tell me you don't see Star Wars stuff, I don't know what convention you're at. Because I see it at stuff that's not even nerd conventions.
1: There's at least one, one Princess Leia at every con I think we've been to. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, there's, like, an entire cosplay group called the 501st. That's it. That exists all over the world just dressing up like Imperial stormtroopers and... You know, going to children's hospitals and doing all that kind. Of, I mean, come on.
1: And they get judged based on the merit of how like authentic it is to yes. the movies and how how good it is.
0: So for me, George Lucas is a lock. He just he's George Washington. <laughs> he's got to be on there. There you go. I don't see how he can't be.
1: I, I agree with it that it's a lock. I think I blew Scotty and Brad's mind when I say that uh, like you guys are the you guys grew up with Star Wars. I am the younger generation that came to Star Wars late. So Lucas isn't really the grandfather that he is to the rest of you, but I still recognize his impact on nerd culture and nerd media.
0: It's undeniable. Now, remember, this is live action filmmakers because I want to address, we'll be doing other ones in the future. We're going to be doing other genres. Yes. Because Star Wars, what's the counterpoint of Star Wars is usually Star Trek. There you go. And yes, there were films of Star Trek made, but to me, Gene Roddenberry belongs over in... The TV creators land very much so because that's where that came out of.
1: Yeah, I can't name a Gene Roddenberry movie. I don't think so, not off the top of my well, head.
0: Well, I, I don't know the Star Wars. I mean, I mean the Star Trek films.
1: True, but that was based on the show first. Exactly,
0: yeah. and also to other people we love, Joss Whedon. I think he goes over into the the television creators. There you go. Anyway, so you might hear the those names later, <laughs> and anyone who's missing, so George Lucas. Man, I'm just going to go ahead and we're going to say we're going to lock that in right now. May change. I doubt it, though.
1: Well, okay, here's here's the one rebuttal I'll put up for George Lucas yeah. just to add to it. There are some that make the argument, and these are the pedantic nerds, and these are the people that are sort of anti-prequel, but even the prequels found their own legs eventually. But there are some that say the prequels were so divisive because that was like George Lucas having full control and nobody around him to say like no or maybe do this. Mm -hmm. And that's why it wasn't such a big hit as the original trilogy.
0: Well, I mean, yes, that's true. But it takes a village to make all this stuff. Very true. I mean, there's no single creator who, if if you're going to talk about a creator who does like all the things without any help, I don't know if that exists. I mean, even uh, Kevin Smith, who could have been on here, too, (laughs) when he was making clerks on his own, he still had help from Scott Mosier and some other. So, yeah. But come on. He did Indiana Jones, too. We didn't even talk about Indiana Jones.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There is something to be said uh, for surrounding yourself with smart people and people that know how to get the job done. And then, like... Even if Lucas did have his way with the prequels, he still set up ILM to make things the way, like, to get his vision created. Mm-hmm. He set up Lucasfilm to do, I mean, there's they had to do a band hammer because there's so much auxiliary stuff for Star Wars just because of the impact that it had. Yeah. Books, video games, yeah. comic books. I mean, there's so much out of it, and that comes from George Lucas's brain, so.
0: Uh, yeah. So, we're going to lock him on top now. <laughs> now, here's a fun one. The next one on the list, George Lucas's buddy, Steven Spielberg. So Steven Spielberg, of course, directed Jaws. That was his big debut. That's Um, what you
1: debut with? Holy crap.
0: uh, He wrote and directed Close Encounters of the Third Time, Poltergeist, and AI. Uh, He directed E.T., of course. He directed uh, a lot of the films in the Indiana Jones series. All of them, I think. Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park, Minority Report, War of the Worlds, uh, a few fantasy films like The Adventures of Tintin and Ready Player One all directed by Steven Spielberg, of course, not to mention Schindler's List and his uh, all other stuff that would be called, I guess, more mainstream, even though all the stuff was huge mainstream hits. But um, we mentioned the things that are kind of lean, nerdy, lean fandom. There's not a whole lot of cosplay for some of his other stuff, what, you know, or Yeah, such.
1: You're, you're right, but what's interesting is there is a little bit of a through line for a couple of these on our list that... Yes, they did nerd stuff, but a couple of them either branched off into, like, history movies, like Spielberg, or they started in horror movies, or they go into sci-fi. And Spielberg
0: has done all of it. He's done all of it. And, you know, that's kind of different from Lucas, because Lucas has just kind of did Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and then just kind of was concentrating on technology stuff and things like that. Much nerdier in a lot of ways. Now, here's where I'm f- kind of throwing an, a flag, and maybe <laughs> and, and maybe I want to punt here to put two football terms in a nerd podcast.
1: I don't know what those mean. No, it's
0: <laughs> So Steven Spielberg, to me, is like, I hate to put him on the same level, but to me, he is like Grandpa J.J. Abrams. And oh, every, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Everything
1: J.J. Abrams does is probably because he was watching Spielberg.
0: And what I'm seeing here is, is the, here's the thing. Spielberg belongs on a mountain, but I don't know if he belongs on Creator Filmmaker Mountain. I think he might belong on Director Mountain because there's only three things that he wrote and directed nah, and created sense. on this list. That makes sense. He wrote and directed Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Poltergeist, and AI. Okay, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yes, that's seminal, but I mean, is, do you see a lot of Close Encounters of the Third Kind merch and cosplay at conventions? <laughs> I don't.
1: know, <laughs> but Co- I know that song when they're doing the alien music communication. But- right.
0: Poltergeist is a horror movie. I'm sure if you go to horror conventions, probably. There you go. And AI was, I don't think anyone really liked that movie.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was a little long and drawn out. It was unique for what it was, but I don't think it had a lasting cultural impression.
0: Right. So all this other stuff, all this great stuff that is so loved by nerds, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, War of the Worlds, Ready Player One is other people's stuff. Yes. And we were told by Not Scott that J.J. Abrams doesn't belong on this mountain because he just directs other people's stuff. Makes sense. He doesn't create a whole lot of stuff. Gotcha. And if so facto, Steven Spielberg is kind of the same guy.
1: I don't dispute it, but who else, like, when you think of Jurassic Park, I think Steven Spielberg. Like, right. This I is couldn't true. name anybody else that was part of the creation team for that. Right. And it's like, true, but like Jurassic Park for me was I was thirteen in the movie theater and I was almost not allowed to see it because that guy gets eaten in the outhouse, you know. Like,
0: but also he didn't. Michael Crichton created Jurassic Park. He wrote the book, right? Again, he's directing other people's stuff. Ah, okay,
1: I see. I see where you're going, and I concede. Yes, Star
0: Wars and Indiana Jones came out of George Lucas's brain. So Indiana Jones is Lucas and Spielberg together. together? Okay, so to me. The stuff needs to come out of the person's brain. Makes sense. In order to be on this mountain. This is the filmmaker mountain, which means creating. (laughs) So I kind of think that Steven Spielberg needs to literally, we need to punt him over to director mountain there you go that's what i think i think that we need to do a director mountain
1: and and as far as director goes i mean spielberg is up there like yes he's he's one of those ones that hollywood puns to to say hey we need to fix this and put it out right can you help us out and he's like oh sure right because
0: there's a lot of directors who have done a lot of good stuff who are missing from this list i think because they're directors i got you ridley scott there you go ron howard Mm mm-hmm the aforementioned jj abrams I think that there is a very long list and I might have just made director mountain right there <laughs> with the, these these four. So, what do you think? What what do you think? Spielberg, he deserves to be on a mountain, but I don't know if this is the mountain. If if yes, if we're going
1: by those terms as far as like creating original content, like you wrote it, you directed, it's your entire vision, mm-hmm. That kind of leaves Spielberg out in, the, in out in the cold a little bit because he's really good at adapting other people's already established works, mm-hmm. but he's also incredibly stellar at that. So yeah, like, I know. I don't so know. I'm
0: saying he deserves to be on the mountain. But if we're gonna be go- if we're gonna make this the creator mountain,
1: uh-huh. true. I mean, yes, Lucas gets credit for Indiana Jones as well, but if they created it together, that still counts for a Steven Spielberg property. True. And that's that's
0: a Sunday afternoon trilogy. You can pop all three of them in True. and have a whole day. And I don't want to take him off a mountain. I just don't know. We're only second one into this mountain. <laughs> we're going to... Okay, so we're going to put... Uh, I'm going to put a pause sign next to this one. There you go. And we're going to get back and see, right? I like it. Yeah, we got we got eight names. I Let's know. Go. That's what I'm saying. Next one up, okay. This is a new guy on the scene. Really, we're talking about guys who started their careers in the seventies.
1: There you go. Oh, for sure.
0: Now we're starting to talk about a guy who started his career in the nineties. I guess really is when he showed up first. Um, John Favro, Happy, yeah, <laughs> is. Uh, significantly involved in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he directed, produced, and appeared as Happy Hogan in Iron Man, Iron Man 2. He also is executive producer for a lot of that stuff. The Avengers, Iron Man 3, Age of Ultron, Spider-Man Homecoming, yada, yada, yada. And uh, of course, out of his brain came things like Elf. Your favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> favorite Christmas movie. And he's done other stuff uh, that isn't really so much in the nerd sphere, but... Here we go again. John Favreau didn't create this stuff out of whole cloth, but is significantly involved. Very much so. So he's credited, if you look him up, he's credited as a filmmaker. But a lot of this stuff, he didn't write it, much like Steven Spielberg.
1: <laughs> true, true.
0: What do you have to say on John Favreau
1: um uh, just to point out that it's kind of hilarious because I know Favreau from he started out as an actor, yep. like he was in swingers and made with Vince Vaughn, yep. he was in p c u with Jeremy Piven yeah, where right. he had dreadlocks, and he was in charge of getting the keg, so the party saves the day right so to see like Frat boy John Favreau that's just the actor, and now it's a totally different John favreau now it's it's amazing the nerdy aspect. I ascribe to him, and this doesn't translate to like him creating nerdy properties, but John Favreau got really into cooking and food. Yeah. And so he made a whole TV show about it, and he made a whole movie about it, that chef movie, right? And then mm-hmm. he got involved in the Star Wars world,
0: and, and that's half, where he started writing and creating.
1: And that's, but it, half the fun of that gallery series for Mandalorian was seeing John Favreau at the round table being like, look at all these cool people I brought together, to make this the most awesome thing that I can make. And that's sort of George Lucas to me. George Lucas surrounded himself with, like, smart, creative people to help get this vision done. So if that's a plus to George Lucas, I, I think that's also a plus to Jon Favreau. Just to see him at that table near now and be like, hey, what's up, Bryce Dallas Howard? What's up, Robert Rodriguez? Like, what are you guys doing?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's the thing. This is the thing. Jon Favreau would probably up until... Maybe a couple of years ago, I would put him in the bucket with Spielberg and Abrams, mostly doing other people's stuff. Yep. It was his early stuff that he wrote, which isn't very nerdy at all. Mm-mm. Swingers and all this stuff. Um, but now he's creating and writing Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett stuff. This stuff is like majorly original, super nerdy. I mean, Grogu's everywhere now. I mean, it's <laughs> like it's all over the place. So like a lot of the stuff came out of his brain. So the argument is there that maybe he will be Mm -hmm. someone who deserves to be on Mountain Nerd more. There you go. Maybe not yet. Does he need to move over to the director of Mountain Nerd more? Maybe. There you go. Does he need to move over to the TV Mountain Nerd more? Uh, I don't know. He seems too involved in the MCU stuff. But Yeah, I got Um, you. So, huh.
1: And like as far as what Jon Favreau has been doing lately, he did the reboots of Jungle Book and Lion King, Mm -hmm. which we've already had a whole spiel about reboots on our podcast. You know, take that for what it's worth. Not really a fan of it. But as far as technology goes and innovation, they are groundbreaking, Mm -hmm. you know. So points for that, even though I'm not a big fan of the reboots, I'm I'm a big fan of how it looks and the advancement of CGI. So that's nerdy and awesome.
0: Yeah, I think that we're going to, I'm going to put, I don't think we should lock John Favreau in yet, but I think he might be a candidate for this one still. He's high in the running. He's high in the running. Just for the facilitator of nerd media. So, yeah. And the fact that I, I think he's going to keep writing more stuff. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't think he's done because like going back to Spielberg, he did Reddit Player One, but what's what's current day Spielberg? Can you name something? Without looking it up, because I you I can't. Know. I say that. Annoying. And of course
0: ready player one is someone else's thing again then he directed, It is. So. Ernest Klein, absolutely. Um anyway. Okay, moving on <laughs> to the next one. We'll put uh we'll put a I'm gonna put a plus sign next to John Favreau and we'll see what happens with that later. Moving on, Peter Jackson. If you'll allow me, I'll take the reins on
1: this one. Okay. Tell us all about who he is and what he did. So Peter Jackson is probably most known for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm -hmm. Fellowship of the Ring, Return of the King, Two Towers, all that good stuff. Peter Jackson also had an early career kind of like George Lucas did. There's a lot of parallels to George Lucas's career and Peter Jackson's career, which is why I bring it up. He's almost like the Kiwi version of George Lucas. So Peter Jackson started off in horror movies. He made a movie called Braindead, or if you're in the United States, it's called Dead Alive. But it's a zombie movie and then he made a movie called Beautiful Creatures which is sort of like a uh what what some of our uh, stand-up comedian friends would call a, a white people bummer but uh, it was an art house flick an indie flick and it was well received and then he went on to make Lord of the Rings which kind of like what we're talking about it is based on an existing property yeah
0: but he wrote all that stuff and he did no i mean he didn't write Lord of the Rings yeah, but no, the that's, movies that's Tolkien
1: no but he did all the screenplays yes. with his team and within that As far as that trilogy goes, I don't think I've heard many complaints of people that are fans of The Lord of the Rings, the books, say, oh, the movies did a terrible job.
0: Just Tom Bombadil. That's it. That's it. That was the only critique. But that's a missing. That's that's not a did wrong.
1: Not a did wrong. It's just, why wasn't he in there? Mm -hmm. But as far as what we got and what was presented, everybody's like, the movies are an excellent addition to the books and the world and Tolkien
0: sphere. I 100% agree with you on that, mainly for the fact that I, I I don't like to really rewatch movies other than the ones that I super love. There you go. Cuz it's like I've seen it, so it's done. But <laughs> not only have I rewatched Lord of the Rings multiple times, I've rewatched those extended editions multiple times. That's 4-hour movies. I know. It's like that's a half a day of and I've done it in a day before. Yes. I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Peter Jackson, to me, I think, man, I'm going to put two pluses next to him because I think he's almost a lock for me in a lot of ways. And he's not done yet. He's still, I mean, relatively young compared to George Lucas.
1: He's got two things going for him. He's almost a lock for me. But just like Lucas had innovative camera techniques to show ships flying through space, for Lord of the Rings, he innovated the whole foreshortening for, like, giant props to make people look like different sizes mm-hmm. and make it all practical. We love practical here, mm-hmm. and he did his best to keep it that way. Just like George created ILM, Peter Jackson created Weta, his own yep. effects company, so he had control over the vision he was creating as far as the monsters and props and weapons and all that. But he's even taken that technology farther in that now Peter Jackson has gone the Spielberg route of like almost history and documentarian. He did a war movie that they recolored and retouched all the film. Oh, yep. Uh, They Will Never Grow Old. And he just did the Beatles Get Back documentary, Mm -hmm. which as far as documentaries go, Beatles fan or not, is great. There's no talking heads. There's no like announcer narrator voice. It's just here's this historical footage presented in the best way we can to Mm -hmm. tell a story. And it's
0: fabulous. He's so like nerdy. too. See, I think part of what should be going the running of these guys is how like nerdy they are. Absolutely. Like how comfortable they would be at a con not being famous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. There's like, Peter Jackson is so, George Lucas you can tell is such a nerd. <laughs> Peter Jackson you can tell is such a nerd. John Faber you can tell is such a nerd. That's again why Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg seems kind of cool. He is very Hollywood. He's, he's yeah. got the hat and the glasses. He, he seems knows kinda he's kinda cool He's kind of cool. Which is okay. But again, maybe he needs to be on Director Mountain. We'll get there. <laughs> okay, I'm putting two plus signs next to Peter Jackson because I think he's very deserving there you of go. being on the mountain but there's still so many more. What are we going to do? Uh, the next one up is Chris Nolan.
1: The director of the what I guess would be one phase, before Marvel, before MCU took over the entire comic book movie sphere, Chris Nolan had uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm-hmm. Christian Bale is Batman that was incredibly well-received, and for all the times we've seen Batman, I mean, it's been Adam West, it's been Michael Keaton, it's mm-hmm. been Val Kilmer, but with Christian Bale... He had his own unique vision to it. He had his own style to it and his own sort of storytelling, which I think he does with his brothers, so points for that for keeping it in the family. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, the Dark Knight trilogy was sort of a step in the evolution for comic book movies. It didn't Mm -hmm. just have to be cheesy. It didn't have to just be, like, weird costumes. It could be an actual story, get a little dark, get a little grim, that type of stuff. On top of the fact that he did Inception, which is practical effects just for gone wild you can watch a whole bunch of behind the scenes about inception where they did like that hallway fight in that movie is all like a set that they did and it's not cgi the dream sequences oh it's intense
0: yeah chris nolan is an interesting like i wouldn't have really have thought of putting him on this list there you go he's on here i get it i mean he's done great things i even think he's like knighted or something or isn't he british i think he might be a C. I don't think he's a sir, but he might be the C-E-A or whatever that... I I don't know. I'm sorry. Sorry, (laughs) British people. I know there's something you can get that's, like, not a sir yet, but it's probably going to be a sir if you keep doing stuff.
1: Yeah, you're in the service of the queen in some rank or another. Something
0: like that. He's got letters after his name, and it's not because he went to medical school.
1: I think think Nolan gets the rap that, like, an M, M. Night Shyamalan does, like, where people seem to think he has, like, a trick... Or like a a specific style and you know what you're getting with a Nolan, Mm -hmm. which people might say is a deterrent. But I think, I mean, that just means you have a style. You have what you're known for. Mm -hmm. And he did the Spielberg thing where he tapped into history too, not just did weird sci-fi or weird Batman. He did a straight up war movie, Dunkirk. Yep. He told it in three acts and it's as well directed as any Spielberg movie.
0: True. Yes. So does that kick him over into Spielberg territory though?
1: It might be um, yeah. that Batman does come from pre-established stories. Like mm-hmm. he didn't do anything new as far as I know. That's all like year one Garth Ennis. Yeah. Is it Garth Ennis? I might be getting the author wrong, but that comes from pre-existing Batman stories. Mm-hmm. He did a great job with it, but how much he, you know, yeah. was a factor in that, that that could be debated.
0: Well, what's your vote? Is your vote a plus or a minus? <laughs>
1: Uh, I I love Chris Nolan, but on this list he he's in good competition, so I would put him lower on the scale.
0: Okay, so he I, I agree with you. I'm putting a minus next to Chris Nolan right now. We'll see. We'll add all this up at the end and see what happens. The next one on the list is Sam Raimi, uh, known for creating Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire, Maguire, and the Evil Dead franchise, which to me is really what pushes him up this list. Yes. Again, uh, we're trying to talk about people create things out of their brains. Oh, 100%. And he definitely does. Um, Also, um, Dark Man, Simple Plan, and The the Gift. Come on, he's done so much crazy stuff. Uh, He definitely has a a style. Not only that, I mean, let's go over over to television. He was involved in Hercules, (laughs) Legendary Journeys, and Xena. Super nerdy. I mean, so nerdy. Uh, But, I mean, he's definitely a creator and he definitely has a style, he definitely has a look. Yes. Um to me that seems to matter right now. I get now that it. we're talking about it. Now that we, you know, talk about these guys and we got halfway down the system. We're trying to figure out how to add or subtract from these guys. And having a style seems to help me think that they're more deserving.
1: I'm with you. I have a soft spot in my heart for Sam Raimi and I know like he's another one that got there starting horror movies. Which is hilarious to me, but it makes sense because I followed everything about Evil Dead mm-hmm. before Spider Man came out. I knew Raimi because my group of friends was hu- were huge Evil Dead fans. But there's books out there, there's documentaries about about the making of this movie, and it's really him with a bunch of his friends. And he said, "Hey, I want to make this thing. Like, I think I, we, I think we can do this. Let's scrap together 800 bucks. I got my uncle's car that's going to show up in every one of my movies from here on out." <laughs> And we're going to go to this cabin in the woods and we're going to make a thing for 800 bucks. Right. And it's fantastic.
0: It is fantastic. I mean, and you can go to any convention as a cosplay with a chainsaw in your hand. Yeah. And everyone knows exactly who you are. And it, you know, it doesn't matter if it's an anime convention or a gaming convention or anything. That's it. And I think the whole re- whole reason people know Bruce Campbell
1: is because of Sam yes, Raimi. Yes, he
0: created Bruce Campbell's career. That's
1: it. Now, I mean, no shade on Bruce Campbell. No, he, no shade, but he, come he on. He stood up to it, you know, stood up for the role. But the whole reason we know Bruce Campbell is because of Sam Raimi. What also blew my mind is I thought Sam Raimi was like a Spielberg kind of end of career not doing too much Mm -hmm. more than they did in like the 80s and 90s you Mm -hmm. know sam Raimi. i don't know how i missed this is going to be directing dr strange Strange. and the Mm -hmm. multiverse of madness he is i had no idea i know right i'm so glad that that name is attached to that property
0: okay the excitement i'm feeling i'm putting two pluses next to sam Raimi's name there you go i think he might be very much in the running all right next up tim burton Tim Burton, of course, is known for his gothic fantasy and horror films such as Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, Sleepy Hollow, Corpse Bride, Sweeney Todd, Frankenweenie, even Planet of the Apes, the original Batmans. That's it, with the Michael Keaton is Not original Batmans, but the, man, so much stuff. Tim Burton, I almost think Tim Burton made the fact that there was goth kids in the 90s. Oh, definitely a contributing factor yes, for sure. a major contributing factor. I think he, he like, affected culture. <laughs> I mean, if you see someone with black and white stockings, it's those are the Tim Burton stockings. Very if you say, nice Tim Burton stockings, they'll know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, just animation and live action, both. Very much so. And I really think that he is the one who made superhero movies As campy as those Batman were, but I think he made them go, oh, we can actually make these. These are viable, yeah. I think he made the first viable superhero movie.
1: Because you could make that argument for Sam Raimi with the Spider-Man, because that was around the X-Men time when they were starting to come back into focus. But Tim Burton did Batman when there was really, I can't think of any other superhero properties going on. They were
0: only on TV. That's it. And they were kind of like only us nerds like them.
1: And the first two were great before Joel Schumacher got a, 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 a,
0: a hold of him. So Tim Burton was doing something right. So what are your thoughts? I love Tim Burton. I I mean, I think that he's iconic and he's definitely a creator. All this stuff came out of his brain. For sure. And he does both animation and live action. And I can't separate the two. We are planning on doing a mountain Nerd more of animated films. Mm-hmm. But I mean, his live action stuff and his animated stuff... Like they're almost on the same level. It is a it is a
1: hard line for sure. Yeah, because like Nightmare Before Christmas was revolutionary as far as stop motion goes, right? But that's animation, and also he managed to make a holiday movie that goes to two holidays. Right, you can watch it on Halloween, you can watch it on Christmas. Right,
0: but then like you got Edward Scissorhands, which is live action. Yep, and Beetlejuice, and and of course like the Batman. It, it's hard to say what he's been more successful in. True, that's why I don't know. What what are your feelings on Tim Burton? To me, he's a plus. He is a
1: plus. The only other really argument I could put forth is that he's another one of the, he's an older school. Like, he goes on the mountain because he's, you know, one of the founding fathers, I guess, is what we're shooting for, of nerd media. Mm-hmm. But what is Tim, like, we did a nerd alert so that Tim Burton is bringing back Adam's family. But other than that, I haven't really heard too much out of Burton in a minute. So mm-hmm. is that a... Is, is that a detraction or is that just mm. we let Tim Burton stuff stay there? Interesting.
0: Okay. So will we put a plus minus maybe? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. A, a plus and a half. All right. Next on the list, Guillermo del Toro. Ah, yes. Guillermo del Toro. Best known for his Academy Award-winning fantasy films, Pan's Labyrinth and The Shape of Water. Through his career, he's done stuff in both Spanish and English. Devil's Backbone, *Chronos*. Hellboy one and two, yep. and
1: Nightmare Alley and Crimson Peak.
0: Giant fighting robots, Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim, that's two. Yep, so much. There's so much stuff. This guy's busy. Yes, he doesn't stop.
1: Here's my my two cent take on Guillermo del Toro. I love Guillermo del Toro. I do too. But he seems to be the epitome of always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Right? If that makes sense, because he is so niche and nerdy that mm-hmm. I think it he it's to a detriment to his, sick, not success, I mean, obviously, I mean, he's won Academy Awards or whatever. Right. But, but I, re- I the reason I think Guillermo del Toro isn't as big of a name as he could be mm-hmm. is because he keeps it so weird and so nerdy and so true
0: to what he wants to do. Right. How does Tim Burton get away with it then? Um, Did he just hit the zeitgeist at the right time with the goth kids and everything? Yeah, Hot Topic all I came along so. and yeah, like, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> No, uh, it, it's interesting. It's interesting because you could almost use that same argument for Tim Burton. But That's true. I think that you're more right with Guillermo del Toro. And to me, Guillermo del Toro being on this list shows that either Not Scott or Brad had a particular love for this guy. Because to me, he's like with Taika Waititi. It's that yes. same generation of a creator. Maybe in a future Mount more. Mm-hmm. The two of them belong on there. There you but go. But to me, we haven't seen what they've done yet. For So to me, Guillermo del Toro is almost like hasn't fully been written yet. I believe it. Much like John Favreau too. Yes. So. Scotty made a good point is that
1: if we're talking about convention cosplay, it probably wouldn't be a frequent occurrence that you'd see a cosplay from one of Guillermo del Toro's properties. Right. Maybe Hellboy, but again, that's the,
0: when we're talking about based if, on pre-existing yeah. properties. Are you doing Hellboy from that or are you just doing the Hellboy from the, the comic? Yeah.
1: But Guillermo del Toro, like he's done movies, he's written books, he's done comic books. Um, one of my favorite things about him is you can go look at his sketchbooks that he's done. Yeah, he's done sketchbooks where he's like talking about the monsters he wants to create, and he brings those all to life. But again, it's it's almost too niche, I guess would yeah. be the argument. And
0: you could do that for Tim Burton as well, but right, definitely applies to Guillermo. Well, del Toro. we'll put a plus minus with him too, and then we'll come <laughs> back to that. This is going to be painful at the end. Uh, The next one up is James Cameron. James Cameron, best known for making science fiction and epic films. He first gained recognition for directing The Terminator in 1984 and finding further success with Aliens, The Abyss, Terminator 2, action comedy, True Lies, and, of course, Titanic, which isn't really nerdy. That was a huge mainstream success. And then Avatar, which made way too much money. Uh, Avatar is the weirdest thing in the world to me. Same. That that made so much money. Mm Mm-hmm. But then you never hear it. the 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 last time I saw anything about Avatar was in that Snoop Dogg video where he had <laughs> the, the blue girls <laughs> dancing around. That's a, that's. I mean, it, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that's an Avatar girl." It's the blue people, oh, yeah. But it's so weird because all this, a lot of this, these other creators we talk about, they make stuff that leads to like people cosplaying and doing things and stuff like. And he definitely has stuff like that in his repertoire for sure. For sure. But why not? Like, Avatar was, like, humongous, and then, like, eh, never mind. Weird, right?
1: I'm totally with you. It is, like, uh, never mind. Like, it was a phenomenon. Everybody went and saw it in IMAX, and then it just went away. So weird. But there's, apparently, like, it's still in the zeitgeist because there's four sequels playing. I know. They want to do a theme park based on it. I I don't see how that property is strong enough to support what they want to do with it.
0: I know. It's very strange. Avatar's a weird (laughs) thing to me. Um, But we're not talking about Avatar, we're talking about James Cameron. Yes. Uh, James Cameron's an interesting guy. I watched a whole documentary where he like went to the bottom of the ocean. The Marianas Trench? Yeah, right? He's an interesting dude, for sure. After watching that thing, he has that, like, he leans like Ernest Hemingway in a lot of ways. For sure. You know? I believe it. Um, So not particularly nerdy nerdy, but a lot of this stuff that he did came out of his brain. Also true, yes. So he's definitely a creative guy and a creator. And his stuff is very iconic and definitely nerdy and has affected stuff. He's like got crossover success. Of course, Star Wars, yes, that's crossover success. But you'll still get called. You still used to get called when I was a kid. You'd get called a nerd (laughs) and punched in the stomach wearing a Star (laughs) Wars shirt. But I think if you wore like a Terminator shirt, they'd be like, cool shirt, bro.
1: Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, you know. And that's that's where uh, that's my nitpick on James Cameron. Yes, like Terminator, you could it's sci-fi. Sure, that's sci-fi is nerdy. Aliens, an amazing, perfect the uh, perfect trilogy, mm-hmm. and it is sci-fi and sort of horror. But James Cameron has always been action movie guy to me, and not like nerd movie guy mm, to me. Interesting. Avatar is obviously fantasy blue people. Uh, to me, that's a retelling of Fern Gully, so it doesn't count. <laughs> but I give James Cameron a minus just because he does a great action movie but I don't think of him his, I don't think of him as like okay. nerd property
0: but okay. I like aliens too much I'm going to put he gets a plus minus <laughs> too I love it but we'll see all right and finally on the list last but definitely not least is Robert Zemeckis
1: Zemeckis the hardest nice name to spell in Hollywood I yeah.
0: think cuz it's z e but everyone says Zumeckis when That's they it. say it yeah. but it's Zemeckis Zemeckis but everyone says Zumek is Uh, the first thing he ever was known for was uh, directing the romantic comedy Romancing the Stone (laughs) uh, which is not a bad movie but what came out of his brain was Back to the Future
1: all three of them
0: all three of them he was also in involved in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, my God. And comedies like Death Becomes Her. And he did Forrest Gump. He's a guy who's done a lot of uh, things that are Polar Express and uh, into animation. Forrest Gump. Uh, Yeah. And so uh, he's done other things that aren't that nerdy. He isn't as nishy nerdy like George Lucas is. That's why George Lucas is a lock. (laughs) Because his stuff just, he just like feeds right, just nerves just just eat it up. But just on the Back to the Future alone. Agreed. I mean, you're talking, you show up with a puffy orange jacket and, and you know, at a con. Everyone knows you're Marty, <laughs> right? I don't think there'd be a Rick and Morty without Back to the Future There wouldn't either. be a Rick and Morty. See?
1: No, Back to the Future, at least the first one, is a perfect Saturday afternoon movie. It's a one and done. It's an hour and a half. My favorite. It, you, like, you don't even have to watch two or three you can just watch one and be like, "This is a perfect movie." Mm-hmm. I have no complaints about that movie. Yeah, right. I prefer three to two if we're talking about the the sequels, but you know that's up for a different discussion. But outside of Back to the Future, I had to research your notes and and Zemeckis himself to see actually where he dipped into what he was doing after Back to the Future. Because like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? That's iconic, yeah, you know. But that's still Back. Was that before Back to the Future?
0: No, I think no. Around after. the same time, at yeah. least that was after I think.
1: But then I learned that he was responsible for the special effects for the Polar Express, yes. like you said, and Beowulf. Mm,
0: yes, and Monster House. That movie's awesome.
1: Uh, Monster House I, I, is awesome. Yes, agreed. Uh, but I have to stand up for my buddies Dan Harmon and Rob Schraub were also a big factor in the writing for that movie. Mm, so mm-hmm. I'm I, I I'm pretty adamant about this. I might be <laughs> wrong, but I don't think that goes fully to Zemeckis. Oh, okay. But on the Monster House counts, but for Polar Express and Beowulf, it was revolutionary CGI. Yeah, that's what they touted it as. Like, come see this three D movie that's ultra realistic. It's creepy looking. Yeah, it's, creepy looking. <laughs> it's uncanny valley. Like, it is uncanny valley. I get that it's really good, but also it's really weird. Right. And that's this is total personal bias, but if Zemeckis was attached to those two, I'm like, uh, creepy. Uh. <laughs> I appreciate the innovation, but uh, they're weird looking. Why can't I see their teeth?
0: Okay. So I think he gets a plus minus two. Now, (laughs) let's go back to our list. Okay. Okay, So here's my notes. So George Lucas, we locked him in. He's got to be on there. Done, done. Right. Steven Spielberg, we have a pause. We'll get back to that. Okay. John Favreau, we have one plus. Peter Jackson, we have two pluses. I think Peter Jackson's going on the mountain. I think so. Okay. So we got George Lucas and Peter Jackson on the mountain. Chris Nolan. Well, we both, we gave him one minus, but yeah, I don't think he goes on the mountain.
1: Maybe he's still too new. Maybe or, he
0: goes to Director Mountain. There you go. We'll talk about that. Because what happens here is if we put them on the mountain, they're burned. They can't show up on any other mountain.
1: I was going to bring it up because Not Scott said we had to do that.
0: But if they're not put on the mountain, they might show up somewhere else. Exactly.
1: exactly. But once we use a person, yep, their faces are engraved and they can no
0: longer be used for other nerd mords. Okay, Sam Raimi, we got two pluses on here. We obviously really like him. Yeah. And this is our nerd Nerdmore, too.
1: And as far as, like, director-creator goes, like, that is Sam Raimi's wheelhouse. Like, he doesn't dip into books. Yep. As far as I know, he doesn't dip into comics or TV. Mm-hmm. Well, a little bit of TV. But he is, a, he is a movie creator.
0: Man, just the fact that he did those Spider-Mans that kind of launched everything. I mean, those Spider-Mans made everything else happen, I think.
1: And spoiler alert, but if you haven't seen Spider-Man: No Way Home, but everybody was super psyched that right. Tobey Maguire and that Spider-Man Lane came back. So,
0: and then also, I mean, I the the Zena and the Hercules. I know those were on TV, but come on.
1: <laughs> oh, that yeah, that is. I on mean,
0: TV. come okay, we're putting them on there. There you go. There's three. All right, now now um, we have a tiebreaker. Yeah, now we have like the tiebreakers. So we have, dude, Spielberg. Can we just? Put move Spielberg over to director mountain. I think he really he deserves to be on a mountain, but I don't think he's created enough awesome stuff. He's, I mean, he's created. It's the word creation is so weird to me. But to me, I think this is a mountain where people have like stuff in their heads that comes out. You know, I
1: wasn't considering it until you brought it up, but it is a great point. Like Steven Spielberg is wonderful at what he does, but the deciding factor for the rest of these people is it's original like visions that they want to get out there.
0: Yeah, or just how nerdy they are about it. Exactly. He definitely deserves but to like when I think Steven when I think JJ Abrams like I said, I think he's baby Steven Spielberg. So I think we're going to take Steven Spielberg, I'm putting Steven Spielberg is moving over to the running for Mount Nerdmore directors. I support it. Okay. That is supported by Mikey. All right. So, now we have four plus minuses and one just a plus in John Favreau. That's it. Okay, so let's see. Guillermo del Toro, I think we're in agreement that he might be too new mm-hmm. and too niche. Um, too niche, for sure. Okay, so he's going. Um, but I love you. I love yeah, all your we, movies. They, we love him. We love him. James Cameron. Whoa. I kind of, you know what? I was really wanting him on the mountain just because of Aliens, but your argument of him being more action, movie action guy. guy and the fact that Avatar really hasn't affected nerddom at all.
1: You don't really Yeah,
0: I think he's... No, I don't think he's making the mountain. All right.
1: He still so, gets nerd points for every time he makes a movie, he uses that money to go, like, explore the ocean. like Right. And I guess in real life, he would be
0: ultra nerd, but doesn't come across in what he puts out. All right, so we have one spot left, and we have Tim Burton, Zumeckis, and Jon Favreau. Ooh. Now, now here's the thing. To me, man, I don't want to knock Jon Favreau off because I'm loving what he's doing right now, but it seems like it's something to be written, but I also don't want to get rid of him. I mean, do we fill the honorable mention slot now and then fight off the mountain head with <laughs> Tim Burton and Robert Zemeckis? Sounds good to me. I think so, too. So John Favreau is getting our honorable mention. He's deserving of making the mountain if he keeps doing stuff. Absolutely. So John Favreau, you're our honorable mention for the mountain. Okay, so now... Thanks, Happy. Our mountain has, for filmmaker creators, has George Lucas' head. Peter Jackson's head and Sam Raimi's head. I like this mountain. The fourth head is either going to be Tim Burton or Robert Zumeckis. Final arguments, Mikey. Which of those two do you think is more deserving of being the fourth head on the mountain?
1: As far as Mount faces. Nerd more. As far as faces that I can recognize, I definitely know Tim Burton's face more than I know Zemeckis's face, true. but that's that's arbitrary. That doesn't count for anything.
0: Uh oh, it it's that's a toss up. It's a toss-up. Now, well, okay, well, let me give you my argument. Go for it. I'm leaning Burton because of his effect on the zeitgeist. Absolutely. I think that he has a bigger effect on the nerd world mm-hmm. as a whole than Zemeckis did. I get you. Um, yes, Back to the Future is awesome. I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. I've seen it over and over and over again. I wish he was one of the guys who directed the prequels like the original Plan that George Lucas had, it would have been Zemeckis, Spielberg, and Ron Howard. Absolutely.
1: Oh, that would have been a great time.
0: Right. His innovation is neat and everything. He did stuff. I mean, do we punt him over to Director Mountain uh, or the director question? For Tim Burton? No, for Robert Zemeckis, maybe. Maybe, yes. But Tim Burton, man, I'm telling you, like you said, yes, it might have been Hot Topic, but it was his stuff that was at Hot Topic and in that the is 90s.
1: A, that is a nerdy point to like, I know my style. I know how I want to. Put forth my vision, and he always stayed true to that. Like right. you can watch something and be like, "Did Tim Burton make this?" Just based on how it looks, and he'd probably be right.
0: Exactly. And there are there are, we go to conventions now, and we're running into twenty year olds at the conventions now that are dressing like twenty year olds when I was in college, and it, they look like they're out of Beetlejuice central casting.
1: Or I mean, Sally and Jack Skellington right. are still Halloween staples.
0: Yes. My kid and his girlfriend went to Sally and Jack Skellington this past Halloween.
1: That's right. Oh, uh, okay. You
0: know right. what? That's it. Tim Burton. Decided. You're the fourth on the mountain, Zemeckis. We might see you again in the directors, because none of these guys who none of these guys are gone who haven't been put on a mountain. He
1: might show up in animation. The only for ones our CGI.
0: Yeah, the only ones who are burned are the guys who are on the mountain. We can't yes. talk about them again. So, Mount Nerdmore. Here it comes. We have assumed our position. Mount Nerdmore for the four greatest nerd icons in filmmaking George Lucas, Peter Jackson, Sam Raimi, and Tim Burton. With an honorable mention going to John Favreau. There Keep you. up with the good work, John, and maybe we'll carve out a fifth head <laughs> for you. Just
1: that'd be, be such a funny visual—just Happy's face, like right on the corner, like facing a different direction <laughs> from the other four faces. But no, I mean Favreau absolutely, just for the fact that he keeps bringing awesome people together. If it's not necessarily his own thing, he's doing the—he's
0: doing the bring your friends up and make cool stuff. All right, so that is our Mount Nerdmore. Do you love it? Dun, dun, Do dun, you dun. hate it? You need to let us know. Hit us up at Assuming Pod on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Mostly on Instagram because has pictures and it's fun. You can also Gmail us positions at gmail dot com Mikey, I ask you every week, how would you like this formatted? <laughs> I, know, I know emails
1: don't come in stone tablets, but we're talking about like <laughs> carving faces into a mountain. Um, so yes, stone tablet. Yeah, take a picture of it, shoot, <laughs> stick it in an email. Carve carve your opinion like like it's hard. You can't change that opinion, <laughs> so carve it into stone. Send
0: it our way. Uh, so, well, we want to thank you guys so much for listening. And we really want to thank Not Scott and Brad for helping us come up with the list of the 10. It was so wonderfully painful oh, was, to um, pare this down, but it was wonderful. It
1: was a nerd argument that lasted like three days. It was awesome. <laughs> it was
0: great. So, thank you, Not Scott Productions, for your equipment, that guy, Brad, for your announcing, Jazz are for your music. We hope you have a great week. And we hope you'll come visit us out in North Dakota or wherever. Mount Nerdmore is. (laughs) (laughs) Mount Nerdmore!